Hey y'all, welcome back to Let That Shit Out, Spiritual Black Girl Edition. I'm your host, Yanni, but y'all know that already. And if you don't, that means you're a newbie. So go check out my introduction video. It's the first episode I dropped. While you're at it, check out my previous videos. Some may resonate, some may not. What does, take it and run with it. What don't, drop it and leave it. Y'all already know, at all times, I give y'all the raw, the real, the uncut versions of me. And y'all already know my routine. Roll you one, pull you one. Say a lot for the people in the background. Roll you one, pull you one. I promise y'all some merchandise gonna drop soon. Y'all, I apologize that I haven't done an episode in a while. I apologize that my consistency has been inconsistent. I have really been going through it within these last couple of months truth to be told since retrograde you know i think i'm still dealing with the retrograde after effects um but i'm finally getting it together i won't go into detail into that i'm in a better headspace i'm in a better place i'm getting more sunlight meeting new people i'm getting healthy love so you know everything is starting to become brighter and better for me which means you guys will get more consistent weekly podcasts. I promise y'all within these upcoming weeks, y'all will get a podcast once a week. I will drop two podcasts this week, specifically because I have been MIA and because you might not get a podcast next week because it is my birthday week. However, I may drop a little Razzle Dazzle birthday podcast for y'all. We gonna see. Gonna see how I feel because I plan on being drunk from this coming Friday to next Sunday. You ain't even gonna lie to you. But, um, a lot of y'all have been texting me, calling me, like, Yanni, when you gonna drop a new episode? When you gonna drop a new episode? I really didn't know that this many people listened to me. I really didn't know that y'all cared this much. I didn't, I, I thought that, you know, I started my podcast just because I felt like it was a lot of stuff that needed to be talked about. I felt like, you know, people needed, people needed to hear the advice that other people wasn't giving. You feel me? So that's why I started my podcast with no real intention as in it blowing up. So I am glad to say that it is moving somewhere and what may not be a lot to others is a lot to to me. Um, Like recently I realized that someone in Iraq is listening to my podcast. And for me, that's big. My nigga, because Iraq, like, shouldn't you be blowing something up or something? You already listening to my podcast. Like, you know, makes me feel a little bit important. Um... But I appreciate y'all so much. I had posted on Facebook the other day. I hope everybody have a great day. And my friend texted me and was like, you know what'll help me have a great day? A podcast. A podcast from you. And I just like, I was looking at the message like, damn, dog, you ain't had to call me out like this. <laughs> but I get it, though. I understand, you know, I be out here speaking a word and then I just disappear on y'all. I'm so sorry. I'm going to stay consistent, y'all. I promise. I'm not going to disappear no more. But today's topic I chose childhood trauma. I have been avoiding this topic for so long. I have been dealing with my own childhood shadow work and healing the inner child in me. So I wasn't really ready to talk about this topic yet. I still can wholeheartedly say only like half of my childhood self is healed. I still have such a journey on my childhood journey and healing baby girl. But I can tell you guys what I have learned in the process so far. Um, I chose this topic for two reasons. One, because I like to 
ask my listeners what would y'all like to hear me talk about like what may resonate with y'all and childhood trauma got the most votes this coming this last past week so that's you know that's yeah i'm so sorry my words is everywhere <laughs> so that's why that's one of the reasons i chose childhood trauma today the second reason is because i feel like childhood trauma is talked about but not taken serious I feel like it's a two-way street. I feel like with the older generation, it's not taken serious enough because they're used to not dealing with their trauma. The older generation is used to turning stuff into shadows. They they don't even know what childhood trauma is for real because like, you know, they thought it was normal, pretty much. They thought that the tough love that they was giving us was normal when really it was toxic. Um, it also goes into where us as this generation and the younger generation, we have to understand that as well. Like we can't go in with full blown anger, expecting to heal your childhood self. There comes a time in situations where you can't, no matter how badly a person hurts you, you have to look at where you might've fucked up in that situation too, to cause some of that hurt. And I feel like the biggest thing that we fuck up with childhood trauma and confronting our parents about how we feel, we fuck up when we stop realizing or when we don't realize or don't take the time to, you know, sit and think and realize, how can my parents raise me better if they wasn't raised better? How can I expect them to raise me a certain way? when they only know how to raise the way they was raised. They wasn't taught differently to how to raise differently. They was taught tough love, ass whoopings. I mean, I ain't saying nothing wrong with ass whooping every now and then, but we was taught aggression, defensive, like defense. We were taught all the wrong things. And I feel like it comes a point where we can't hate our parents for that because that's how their parents raised them. So how can they raise us any differently if they don't see the bad in what they went through because they got through it? How the heck do we expect them to see the bad in it within themselves to raise us differently? I had to come to realization and realize that. And I had to realize that quick because the moment I started my spiritual journey and I started realizing all the shit that I went through that I ain't had to go through, I had some hatred towards my parents. Um, And my first time confronting my mama, I confronted her out of anger. And that was the worst thing I could have probably ever done. Never go into a situation angry. It always makes the situation worse than what it really is or what it really needs to be. And I feel like I went into it with anger, basically telling her what she could have done better. Instead of sitting here and explaining and trying to have a conversation with her on where I feel like the trauma started, continued, and ended. Um, so the first go around telling my mama about the toxic traits and the childhood trauma did not go well at all. I actually remember it like it was yesterday. It was, it was at nighttime. I, um, was sitting in Walmart's parking lot. (laughs) I'm sitting in Walmart's parking lot. It might've been food line, honestly. One of those parking lots, I was sitting in the parking lot and I was crying because I had just finished doing shadow work and I was trying to figure out how I was going to tell my mama 
how I felt about the stuff that I felt. And I text her off rip, like I ain't even I ain't even say, Hey, where's your mental at? Can I talk to you for a second? Can we have a conversation? I just went in, like y'all. I went in with anger, telling her where she messed up at, where she could have did better at. And I can understand now where that, you know, may have seemed I was making her seem like a terrible parent because her response was baffling. Like she was like I raised you the best I could. I loved you how I could. I don't think you went through any trauma. I don't think you went through anything traumatic. I mean, like, yeah, it was, it was like that. It, it, all the way down to where I told her I wanted to break generational curses. And her response was, good luck. It's life. That actually hurt my heart a lot. Um, my mother also admitted that the whole middle child-itis, that thing was real. She admitted to that, which let me know that I wasn't crazy for the feelings that I was feeling growing up. Um, but because of how my delivery was, the conversation could not go how it needed to go. It was full of defense and denial. And I I was so angry and over the conversation, I didn't even care anymore. I was just like, okay, ma. Okay, ma. And I was so pissed at the stuff that she had said. I, I honestly almost blocked her. I'm not going to cap to you. I almost blocked the shit out of her ass. But y'all, it took me some months to realize my effort. And it took months of sitting on it, sitting on the conversation and looking at the messages like, what did I do wrong? And y'all, a lot of times that we think that we can't communicate because our communication turns into arguments, that ain't even the case for A lot of, excuse me, a lot of us can communicate, we just can't deliver. And by a lot of us, I mean me. I'm working on it though. A lot of times, the communication don't be the problem because what we saying be some real true shit. It's how you deliver it. You deliver it with anger, you're going to get anger back. It's hard to get a person to understand you when you deliver delivering shit with anger and cuss words and yelling and things. And I, I recently learned that, actually, when I almost lost somebody special in my life due to how I reacted off rip and letting my anger make my decisions for me and my fear make my decisions for me. I'm definitely learning my lesson from that. But back to the moral story, um, I had to sit back and think about that. And I thought about it, and I was like, damn, I did make her seem like she was an ain't shit ass mama. Like, for, <laughs> I, I went in with pure anger. So I had to go back and look at those conversations, and each message I sent, I thought about how I could have said it better, and I wrote it down. And even after I had it all written down, y'all, I still didn't bring it back up to my mama until I moved to Texas. That was a year later. I still hadn't brought it up to my mama. Um, fast forward to, you know, this year. I recently, it might have been last year when I first moved. I recently explained to my mother in a better way of what I meant. I started off by sending her a video of a mom and her child. And I asked her, I didn't ask her. I was just like, you know, I wish we could have did this growing up. I wish this could have been our bond growing up. But it wasn't, that wasn't the bond growing up. Um, I wanted a friend in my mama, but I just didn't trust my mother enough to be her friend growing up. Um, the one time I tried to trust her, she told a very serious depressing moment that I was having to her friends, and I didn't feel like she took me serious. Um, so that just confirmed that I felt like I couldn't trust my mother. And that kind of drew a straw, because even my aunt used to say when I was little, she would try to tell my mom, hey, you know, the only good daughter that you have, you were kind of hella hard on her, you know. You think because she's your baby girl, y'all would have a better bond. 
Because when I would tell my mom that I felt like the boys had a better treatment or easier treatment than me, she would be in denial. Even when my aunt told her she was in denial. But I realized that it was how we were telling her. So after I had sent her that, fast forward back to when we tried this the second time. Um, When I sent her the video, I said, I wish we could have been like this. Her first response, again, because I didn't explain what I meant. Her first response was automatically, I raised you the best I could. I loved you all I could. I'm sorry I wasn't a great mom. I'm sorry I wasn't the best mom. And to me, when people respond like that, it gives defensiveness and manipulation because in a little bit of gaslighting, because like, you didn't even try to understand what I was saying before you just spazzed on me. You didn't even try to understand what the video said. So then I realized, hey, you know, elaborate, explain in detail with a calm manner, everything that you feeling that you meant. And I did that. And I explained to my mom, you know, why I felt like I went through childhood trauma. I explained all the way down to me feeling like the boys were put over me, me feeling like she was harder on me, me having the whole middle childitis, her finding out I was gay and throwing the Bible in my face. Like, all of that stuff. All of that. that I, I went into details on how I felt about it in a calming matter. And we had a conversation. I ain't going to say the conversation went perfect, but it was good enough for me to be okay with. And I let her know how I realized that a lot of ways that she raised me and that I was upset about, I couldn't even be upset with her. Um, like I said before, a lot of times we get mad at our parents for how they raised us, not realizing that was the only way they knew how to raise. So I reassured her that I I understood the reasoning for her raising me the way she raised is because that's how she was raised to think and to raise. Um, I, I learned in my family that raising females is harder than raising guys. I've learned that the mothers in the family is they give the guys a babier treatment than they give the females. And I realized that my mother didn't know how to raise a daughter. Like, she knew how to take care of me. She knew how to make sure I had a great life. I mean, not a great life. She knew how to make sure I had a roof over my head. Like, that type of raise. But she that's all she knew. She just knew the basics of raising a daughter. She didn't know how to be a friend how to be more than just a mother, how to give me the love that I need, how to treat your only girl with a little bit more differently than the boys. She didn't know how to not treat me like the boys. And when I say like the boys, I mean like she, yeah, I'm a little boy. I'm a little boy because I grew up treated like a little boy. (laughs) I was always with the boys. I was always climbing trees and playing football. I'm a little boy for real. My mindset, I might dress girly, but my mindset can be real niggerish sometimes. I mean, I've worked on it a lot. I've definitely touched my feminine side way more, which is probably how I lost sight of my boy side, kind of. Because now when people see me all dressed up boyish and they hear me talk and they be around me too long, they be like, are you not really like boyish? I be like, yeah, you know, I put that side, I put that side behind me uh, like a long time ago, some years ago, honestly. But at first, like, I was a little boy. I don't know, my parents just try to force me to get my nails done. Nigga, what? The fuck do you mean you want me to get my nails done? What the fuck I want that? Nigga, I play sports. What do you mean? Like, yeah, I was a little boy, for real, for real. Um, and I felt like me being a little boy is what helped my mother be able to raise me 
because she was able to raise me like the boys. Now, I feel like where the line drew is when I came out as gay. I came out as gay at a very young age before parenting, back when parents start, it's a phase. She's not really gay. Now, here I am, 26, still licking coochie. But anyway, stopping that. I feel like once my mother found out I was gay, the treatment got worse. The me being gay and the middle childitis, they kind of like clashed together. And I got it hard. I feel like I was forced to be an adult a little easy, a little early. At the age of what, whatever age I was in 10th grade, I was waking up at 7 o'clock in the morning for school, getting off of school, going straight to track and basketball practice, leaving practice, go straight to work, not getting off from work till about 11 o'clock to come home and redo this shit all over again. I feel like I had to be an adult early than what I should have been. I feel like I couldn't have that friend relationship with my mother because I didn't trust her. I feel like she just didn't know how to handle having a her. My mother is a Gemini, and I'm a Gemini. So we bumped his all the time. The smart mouths, the attitude. For the life of her, she swerved it down. She could not figure out where I got it from, but she never looked in the mirror to realize I got it from her. My attitude comes from you. My smart mouth comes from you. My defense comes from you. And I feel like because I was so much like my mother in that aspect, it irritated the fuck out of her. So that irritation, plus not knowing how to raise a daughter, plus me being gay, plus the middle child, I felt like it really sectioned me out. Really made me a black sheep. But we're going to fast forward back to what I was saying. You know, after I had told her all of that stuff, we came to an understanding, an agreement to disagree. We talked about it. I had told her that I understood, you know, where her hurt came from. I understood what she didn't know how to do, what she wasn't used to, so I couldn't expect better from her. I also let her know how I feel like the hurt that she holds on to from the way my grandma raised her, she needs to heal from it because that is how you break curses, by healing. Um, me being the black sheep of my family, I am the curse breaker. And I can say that wholeheartedly with every piece of power in my chest. Ain't nobody in my family breaking curses the way I'm out here breaking curses. I ain't saying nobody out here breaking generational curses, but baby, I'm out here breaking generational curses. I'm out here doing what everybody thought that I couldn't do. And for that aspect in my life, I applaud my mother. I appreciate her. Because had she not have raised me, the way she raised me, had I not have been the black sheep, would I have gotten out of top of handed? Would I have had the courage to step out on my own and do things my way and want to break generational curses? So in the same sense, I can't hate you for that. I can't fault you for that. Because one, you didn't know how to raise me no other way. Two, greatness came out of this. It was not all bad. Granted, I wouldn't wish the trauma, I wouldn't wish trauma on nobody. Nobody wants to go through trauma, but that trauma made me who I am today. And for a long time, I didn't even know who I was. My name was Yanni. My name was not Ayana. I wanted to get my name changed the moment I had 18. And I never told nobody. I knew if I told my mother, my mother, it would crush her. It took till I was 22, y'all, to step into who Ayana was. I'm 26 by the be next week. It took the age of 22. And even then, I wasn't even all the way in. I was still halfway Yanni. It took until I was 24 to be Ayana Shantice Johnson. To step in who Ayana was, what Ayana meant. It took all that time, y'all. And 
that's how I was able to heal from this. And that's how I was able to talk to my mother. And that's how I was able to understand her point too. We have to learn to understand both sides of the story, whether it's with family, it's in a relationship, no matter what it is, no matter how much hurt that that person did to hurt us, we got to understand the hurt that they going through too. And that's where you, once you start to learn to understand both stories and both sides of a story and not thinking that one always got to be right. And y'all coming from me, coming from me, this is growth. This is growth. I lived by uh, it's my way or the highway. And I'm not even going to cut. People in relationships, I, I was in relationships with, used to always tell me, it can't always be your way. You can't always be right. And I ain't even going to talk to y'all. It took my most recent relationship that I am in now, it took that and almost losing her to realize, Yanni, you can't always be right. It took that situation to realize, um, y'all are both right. Like, you got the right to feel the way that you feel because of the actions that I chose. And I got the right to feel the way I feel because the actions you chose. And with that being said, instead of us trying to agree to disagree, we can both agree on both of our feelings being valid and we can fix that, apologize to each other after taking accountability and move forward. And that is the same aspect in dealing with childhood trauma with your family and wanting to fix that relationship with your parents. Like I had to understand her hurt caused my hurt. Toes together, let's heal both of our hurts and let's move forward. And I will say, I can wholeheartedly say I am at a more further aspect in my healing journey than my mom because I stepped into one to heal before her. Um, but she has a long uh, shit, she has a long journey to go. Shit, I still got a long journey to go. But the fact that I can tell her now and we can at least talk about it we may not always agree on it there's sometimes where i want to block her hell i just blocked her last week and i blocked it the other day so there's times where i still want to block her but sitting back and seeing the little things that she has been working on as far as me and my journey considering we on two different spiritual paths two different journeys seeing her try lets me know that she's willing to heal and like i said we may bump heads but the fact that she's willing to try and the things that she's not willing to try or understand, that's when I come in, I learn to myself. I can't force someone to understand me. I can't force someone to feel the same way I feel. I just learned that in my most recent situation too, y'all. You know, I'm learning a lot in this relationship. But anyway, um, I can't force someone to feel the exact same way I feel. I can only get off how I feel listen to how they feel come to an understanding whether i do or don't come to an understanding you know move forward from that i can't make my mother understand some of the things that i want her to understand the only thing i can do is get it out release it and move forward from it and that's what a lot of things in life you can't make somebody understand something you can't make somebody feel something get off what you gotta get off let them get off what they got to get off and move forward from there. Y'all either going to move forward. Um, y'all either going to move forward and talk about the shit or y'all going to cut each other off. It's just that simple. Um, There's no need to sit and stress over it because what is that going to do? 
what is trying to force someone to feel the same way you feel just for them to still not feel the same way you feel gonna do now you just wasted all your goddamn time trying to force somebody to feel some shit that they still don't fucking feel no too much goddamn time too much goddamn crying um so that's kind of where i'm at with my mom and our bond that's my mommy i love her to death we're growing daily is all i can say <laughs> we're creating a friendship that i didn't have as a child and i i will hold on to that and cherish that and i will go i will just take what i can right now moving on oh before i move on mommy i love you to death i will for always love you to death you birthed me you're the reason i'm here we may not see eye to eye and there's still a lot of stuff that we need to work through but as long as you're willing to heal with me on this journey i'm willing to move with you on this journey um next step is my father yeah let me tell you something I'm probably not gonna talk about this subject real long on my father. Because if I do, we'll be here all goddamn night. Growing up, I never really liked my daddy. There was times when he would take me to school with him, when he was teaching. I used to pretend like I ain't, I didn't remember those days, but I always remember them when he used to bring it up to me. I don't know why I think the ignorance of just disliking my daddy kind of played a part in acting like I didn't remember. But I remember the moments where I used to sing in the room as a child on the microphone, how I killed about two, three birds. I remember our bond as a as a little child. But as I started hitting the ages where I can walk, talk, and understand, like six and up, I was my grandma's baby. His mom, that lady spoiled me so much, y'all. And I feel like because she spoiled me so much, I really didn't care to create a bond with my father. And I feel like because my mother would automatically take me to my grandma's house, I really didn't care to see my father because I knew my grandma was gonna make sure I was good. Um, I feel like another thing that kind of made me not really care for my father is, um, I wanna say I was around six, seven or eight, one of them damn ages. I heard my mom talking to someone and telling them how my father told her I would go to jail before I pay child support for you and this child. And I feel like I set that set on my chest for a long ass time. Honestly, y'all, I just got it off my chest last year when I was telling my daddy how I felt about it. Um, did he deny it? Not really, but we ain't gonna talk about that. Um, so I feel like that is where my hatred, I ain't gonna say hatred, but that is where my dislike of really wanting to be around my daddy started. Um, and then as a child, my daddy used to always make me read a book before I could go outside and play during the summertime. And as a child, that irritated the fuck out of me. The adult me, yeah, I think I'm thankful for that daddy because I do love to read now. I do like to read, so thank you and I appreciate you for the aspect. But as a child, like I didn't want to read during the summertime. I went to school for this shit. What the hell I want to get out of school and come back and read? So that kind of shortened the times that I would come and spend with him um, because I felt like I was leaving school to come back to school. I felt like my daddy really tried to educate me real hard real early. Um, I also feel like my daddy has a control sense in a way. I remember when I moved with him after I graduated high school, I wanted to create a bond with my siblings and I wanted to create a bond with my dad. And I ain't gonna cut to y'all. I did not want to create a bond with my stepmom, but my siblings and my dad was like my first priority. So I moved to, with my dad for a better opportunity for myself to create a better bond with them. However, my sister was young then and 
I definitely didn't do, I, I wasn't the big sister that I should have been, and I could have been a better big sister. At the time, I, y'all, I didn't know how to have a little sister. It was my first time having to share space as a big sister, little sister duo, and the little motherfucker was always nosy under my door, telling my daddy my conversations, asking him crazy questions, having him come back, ask me crazy shit. Look, one day, my sister was under my door, and she heard me talking about a, um, a girl that I was dating. My daddy comes to me the next day talking about something. Neither watch what you say. Your sister is going to say, your sister came up to me and said, if men supposed to like women, why does my sister like girls? Tell her. Explain to her her sister is gay. But, you know, I couldn't just yell that out and say that. Um, she was a little girl at the time. But, like, those things used to, it used to irritate me. I didn't know how to be a big sister then. Like, with, with my little brother on my mom's side, I didn't have to really be too much of a big sister because he was right behind me, right? My brother is 24 now. I'm about to be 26. He was right behind me, and we had my oldest brother. So, like, having another boy, if I didn't give my brother the attention he needed, he literally had a brother to go and get the attention from. Whereas with my sister, all she had was me, and at the time, I did not take that into consideration. So I do apologize in advance for that. I mean, I do apologize wholeheartedly for not being the best big sister. I am trying to, you know, do better with shit. She barely texted me the hell back, but I'm trying. As far as my little brother, on my dad's side, that was my baby. I raised him. He was a, I babysitted kids a lot as a child, but he was the first child I basically raised. And I need to do better at working my relationship with him too, because he barely even know who I am now. Um, because when I was living with my dad, after about a year, I realized that it wasn't for me the way I thought it was. I was always going to keep the bond with my sibling, but I realized I wanted to go home. Uh, I think what really confirmed it is when I was ready to transfer colleges, and my dad made the comment of, if I don't approve of the college, you can't go, and I mean that. And me as a 20-year-old, I'm looking like, excuse me, I am 20 years old. You cannot tell me where I can and cannot go to school. Like That is my decision. And like, that was my last top tier controlling thing from him that I just didn't want to deal with anymore. Like, my daddy has always had a control sense and he can deny, deny, deny. But if you go and ask his entire family, that man has a control sense of where he feels like he has to be in control of something. Like, he gets upset if he's telling me some advice and I'm going back to his advice and my advice makes sense and he don't have nothing else to say. He don't physically get upset, but it, it, it bothers him a little bit. I remember we actually dealt with that one day and he was laughing about it, but he was looking a little bothered at the fact that he had nothing to say. Because everything I said, I sounded like a grown-ass fucking adult. Like, I, that was the moment he realized he was a little girl. It was adulting. But my reasoning for, like, leaving and moving away was because I wanted to go home. I realized I didn't want to do it anymore. And I wanted to go back home to my mom. I miss my family. I couldn't really, I didn't really have freedom because... Like, I had freedom, but my freedom was my friends coming to the house or me going to doing stuff after college. I mean, after class or skipping classes to go do shit with my friends, you know, like, all the time. But I had a girlfriend at the time, and I didn't have the freedom to go and go with her wherever I wanted because he felt like I wasn't grown enough to be getting ass because I lived with him. Mind y'all, I was 20 years old, and wasn't nobody even thinking about getting no ass. I mean, I was, but not all the time. I just wanted to be around the person that I was dating. You feel me? Like, stuff like that just made me feel like, damn, really? I I, I have to be treated like a complete child? Um, And don't get me wrong, I, did, I had my ups. He did catch me 
messing with a girl in the car in front of the police house. But in my defense, if the day hadn't been noticed, nosy, nobody would have known. But that's the story for another day. Um, but yeah, like I feel like with my dad being controlling and me not like me not liking to be controlled, we bumped heads a lot. I don't like to be controlled by anyone. I don't like to to even think about how someone has the the chance or the authority to even in a little bit think that they could control me. Even now as an adult, don't you cannot control me. I've always been the type of person that felt like I'm my own person. Because I am my own person. And I've always been that way. Even as a child, you will not control me. Um and I feel like we bump heads there. We also have the same attitude, the exact same attitude. Me and my daddy is like it's when I'm beside my mama, I'm the exact same as my mama. But when I'm beside my father, I'm the exact same as my father. And I feel like the same mistake that my mother did, my daddy did. Try to raise me how he was raised. Now, my mother and my father was raised two different ways. So being raised by both, well, being raised by my mother and then spending summers with my father and then eventually moving with him, it was a different type of raise, but it, I, it felt more controlling to me. Um. And even now, like me and my father, we just recently, but before I get to that story, I told him I wanted to go home and I felt like he didn't take me serious. Like it was just like, oh, okay. And I kept saying it. And at that point, if I'm constantly telling you I want to go home and you ain't taking me the fuck home, I'm going to leave. So I had my girl come, my girl at the time, come and get me at four o'clock in the morning and I did. And I took everything, like even the stuff that he got me. Was it fucked up? Yes. Was I wrong? Yes. Should I have done this better? Yes. Do I regret it? No, because I still feel like if I went to go and talk to him again, the nigga wasn't going to take me serious. So it was either I left or I stayed. And I didn't want to stay. I wanted to leave. So that caused a strain, an even bigger strain over our relationship for a good little bit. Me and my daddy probably just got on good terms about a year ago when he started diving deeper into his journey. And we started connecting on a spiritual level instead of a physical level. And we started getting closer. We even talked about all the stuff that we went through. I told him about all the stuff that I felt like he held over me that I couldn't, that I don't have control over. Like, for instance, my goddaddy and my goddaddy. My daddy held that over me. And how the audacity to tell me the fact that I have the heart to make this man my goddaddy is so hurtful to him. But I didn't make that decision. That decision was made when I was a baby being christened. Ain't my fault that he was at my christening and you won't. He became my goddaddy. Um, that's how I was raised to know that that man was my goddaddy. So I wasn't going to change it after 18 years. I found out when I was 18 the reason why my dad didn't like the fact that he was my goddad. Um, But I'm not, I wasn't going to stop loving the man that I had been loving for 18 years and looking at my second father. I wasn't going to stop that. Um, and I felt like he holds that over me instead of just understanding, you know, I had no control over that. And that was between him, my mom, and my goddad. You can't take away the person who was doing your job better than you was doing your job, you know, you feel me? When you wasn't doing, when you wasn't fully here, he was, you feel me? So uh, I feel like that caused a strain over us. But we even talked about that when we, you know, started spiritually connecting last year. We talked about so much stuff. He got off his chest of how he felt. I needed errors I needed to work on. I got off my chest. And I thought things was good, y'all. Y'all, my dad on the block list again. <laughs> Uh, uh, I recently told my dad how I didn't like I hear my mom didn't support me coming to Texas. 
Um, I don't like how every time a problem happened, it was come home, bring your ass home, bring this home, or um, I give you three months. And y'all, the man swept up and down, he did not tell me that. I kid y'all not, he told me he gave me three months in Texas, and I know it because I told all of my friends the night of because I was so fucking upset. I got laughed when he said it because he laughed. But that shit hurt to constantly hear somebody tell you that you're not going to last somewhere. Like, that shit pissed me off. So, um, with that, I kind of, that came up when I, these last couple of months, like I told y'all, I haven't gave y'all a podcast because I've been mentally going through it. I was going through a mental depression, and I'm not saying I'm fully out, but I'm better. Uh, I was going through a mental depression, and I was explaining to my father my mental depression. And in the process of explaining my mental depression of what I was going through here in Texas, I also wanted to tell him and let him know how I don't like how him and my mom, when it comes to me and my problems in Texas, is always come home where you wasn't going to last or somewhere around that BS. It's never, you got this, Johnny. Just continue to push. You're a strong woman. I know you're going to make it through. Like, that type of shit. It was always come home, come home, come home. And that irritated me because why y'all ain't putting that same energy into telling me to come the fuck home? Into telling me I got this and I can handle this and I can do this and telling me to stay? Like, y'all asking me to give up. What the fuck? So, um, with that being said, recently we got into an argument. I was expressing my mental health to my father and I've expressed my mental health to my father about a year ago and how I went through some suicidal situations. Um, my father was the only parent I told. I actually never told my mom that. So she's probably gonna listen to this podcast, like pissed at me. I'll deal with that later. But I felt like I needed to tell my father that at that time. So for me to come to you a year later about my mental health and you not take me serious after telling me, oh, you need to talk to me about your mental health. You need to talk to me when you're going through things. And it, it, it's not even the fact, and I understand the fact of where he, he knew I would get through what I was going through, but that's besides the point. No matter if you know how, if you if you know that I'm going to get through what I'm going through, what if you, your knowing was wrong? And what if I ended my life the day that you decided to take my mental health as a joke? What if I did that? Like, I felt like when I was expressing to him my mental health and he was responding to me, telling me about the food that he was eating and the diet that he was on, you were taking me as a joke. So at that point, I got I got ignorant. I got irritated and ignorant. Um, And I started expressing myself like the shit that he did that bothered me, like, for instance, telling me that I was only going to last three months. So I guess when it comes down to telling him about himself, that's when all shit breaks loose. That's when shit gets serious and shit gets taken serious. So we're going back and forth. And he's basically denying the fact that he said that. And just to later on and say, if I said it, so what? What the fuck? Like later on in the messages say, if I said it, so what? If you um, bring your ass home, if you're going through some shit. Like this shit, this is all, it just, shit like that be bothering me because where is the support for me to stay? Y'all want me to come home so bad. So y'all first instance to send me home. Like, nah, nigga, support me to stay. But anyway, so we got to arguing about that because he was like telling me about all the shit that he went through in his life. And if he can get through it, I can get through it. And in my head, I'm just like, bro, we two different people. Your mental health ain't the same as my mental health. This is, we a whole motherfucking generation apart. Nigga. We are two different people dealing with two different emotions, experiencing two different situations. You didn't even know my situation. You don't even, he didn't even know why I was depressed, y'all. Like, 
He didn't even know what was going on because he was so busy trying to tell me I was going to be okay instead of listening to what was going on. And that was where my hurt came from. That was where I was getting upset and I was getting irritated because you didn't even care enough to try to understand. You just went straight forward telling me if you can do it, I can do it. And that to me just, it bothered me. Like, yeah, I love the fact that you see the strongest in me. I do. But even the strongest people go through the most hurtful battles. Like, we deserve to be weak, too. And sometimes I get too weak. The one thing you don't know about your daughter, and if you listen to this podcast, the one thing that you don't know about your daughter is your daughter goes through very badly depression episodes. Hence why I was telling you about my situations last year. Um, Luckily for me, I have a support team now. I have a group of friends and a girlfriend and people who come in my life and they make sure I get up. I have people that make sure I smile during my darkest moments. I have people that don't let me stay in depression and I'm forever thankful for that. And to this day, cause this just happened like two weeks ago, y'all. To this day, I still am hurt at the fact that he didn't take me serious. But that goes back to another situation of how can I expect that man to raise me any differently than how he was raised? And I tried telling him that in the messages, like, I know this is how you were raised, but that's not how I want to be raised. And in that same sentence, he tried to tell me that he was raised great, but in the same sentence telling me all the things that he went through. And if I can get, if he can get through it, I can get through it. And I'm just like, why well, can you sit here and tell me that you were raised great, but also rebuttal and contradict yourself in the same sentence? Um, I kind of just let that part go and just didn't go deep into it because, like I said, I had to realize that this is how he was raised. So this is how he's raising me. Um, because he did not take my mental health serious, though, he is sitting on my block list. Love you to death, daddy. I always love you. And I always, always, always be your baby girl. But right now I need space from you. Right now I need to set boundaries from you. And that goes to say, y'all, with all of that that I just told y'all and giving y'all the experience of what I what I am dealing with, with my childhood trauma, that leads us to say, when you go to talk to your parents about this stuff, y'all, come to the conversation with the intention of this is going to be a calm, collect conversation, no matter how loud they get, how much they rebuttal, how irritating it can be. Protect your peace. Do not let them bring you out of character. And the same thing goes to the older generation. Try to sit and listen and understand and realize that we're not back-talking, y'all. We're not weak, and we're not calling y'all bad parents. We're just trying to heal, and we just want y'all to heal because y'all got more healing to do than us. Y'all got years on years on years. We just got years. I mean, I ain't calling y'all old, but y'all still got more years than us. You know, it needs to be an understanding point from both sides. Younger generation, go into it knowing that they raised you how they how they knew how to. Older generation, go into it realizing that, yes, you raised them how you knew how to, but the way you raised them still caused trauma. It still caused hurt. So y'all both have the right to be upset. Y'all both have the right to hurt. It is up to y'all to both take accountability, come to an understanding, and move forward. And that goes with both parents. Now, y'all, that don't mean, as I just told y'all my story, that don't mean deal with the toxicness. Because once you told them and y'all talked about it and they still not trying to heal or do better, cut them the fuck off. I don't give a damn if Jesus came in down and told y'all not to cut y'all parents off because of the simple fact they're your parents. I don't care. Toxic is toxic and Jesus should be telling y'all to protect your peace. 
No disrespect to none of my Christians out there. No disrespect to nobody. But protect your peace, please. It is so important to protect your peace, set boundaries, and understanding that your self-health is important. Because if you drain yourself or you let others drain you and you no longer here and you did, then what? You shorten your life for no fucking reason. Like, y'all, we really got to be, I'm telling you, if it ain't for you, get rid of it. Let it go. Ain't no reason for it to be here. It ain't holding you no purpose. And that goes for family, friends, and more. So I say that all to say is, do what you got to do to fix the situation. And in fixing the situation and y'all can't heal from it and move forward, let that shit go. It's okay to cut parents off. It's okay to cut friends off. It's okay to cut relationships. It's okay to cut family off. They say thick, They say blood thicker than water, but remember, water washes away blood. Always remember that. So I say that to say, y'all, is just try to go in with an open mind and don't be afraid to get it off your chest. Um, stay calm. Don't do it with anger. Sit back and think about both sides before even trying to have the conversation. Don't make the mistake I did by going in angry. Um, we really are, We this generation is really growing. We're focusing on healing and I love that for us. But y'all understand that the generation before us, our parents, their parents, they didn't get to do that. I mean, like, don't get, like, they didn't get to, they didn't really get to see what, it, what, how to heal, how to move forward. So in the process of us healing, y'all, if you, even if a little bit of an inch of your parents show that they are at least trying to heal and they want to heal and they want to be better for y'all and y'all want to be better for them, work on it. Family is important, but a happy, healthy family is important. So as long as it's healthy, continue to work on it. Um, continue to build a stronger relationship. Um, don't give up on it. But when it becomes toxic and tough, as they say, let that shit go. Let that shit go. It's for the birds. I wish all my babies the best in healing and their childhood trauma. I wish successful healing relationships be rebuilt with family and I wish, I, I, I hope, and I, I really do manifest that that childhood self, your childhood self, heals and gains the love that you need. Love her. Hold her, y'all. Hold her or him, for my men and for my women. Cater to your childhood self because you are never going to reach your higher self until you cater to your childhood self. She deserves to feel the love, and in order for you to move forward in your journey, she has to heal. Because if she or he don't heal, you're going to always sit and sit on them same problems that you're struggling to get through now. You think that it's you overall, like you right now, the adult you is what you're trying to heal? Baby, no. Heal the little you. The little you is what went through the trauma. The little you is what is hurting. Heal that person first. And then work on your present self to reach your higher self. You have to heal and let go of the past to focus on the present and make it to the future. And I say that so wholeheartedly, y'all, because I'm learning that a lot of stuff that I held on to that I didn't even need to. What is holding on and stressing about it going to do? I'm telling y'all, 
If it can be fixed, fix it. But if it can't, let it go. Y'all got this. I'm here if y'all need any advice on how to go about the conversation. I'm here if y'all need any advice if the conversation didn't go well and you need to know how to get through it. I am always open. And if you need to know things that help with healing your childhood self, some things that I do, I wrote a letter to my childhood self. I wrote an apology letter letting her know how I apologize for the things that she had to go through, the things that she didn't deserve. And then I gave her, in the second part of the letter, straight affirmations about how I'm going to love her, I'm going to heal her, and I'm going to make her feel the love that she felt like she didn't get to feel when she was younger. Another thing, go, go, in, the, go in the bathroom and look in the mirror. Give yourself affirmations. I used to do this, this shadow work um, activity. I'm not saying I'll rip go and do it because it is a tough shadow work situation that's going to pull a lot out of you. But I look in the mirror and I don't blink until a picture of me form and I see my childhood self. And when I see that childhood little girl, I look into her eyes so deep and I let her know that she's going to be okay. And I let her know that she she's going to heal and she's going to be loved. And I let her know that I'm going to hold her, I'm going to heal her, and I'm going to make her happy. Do things like watch cartoons. Don't let nobody make you feel like you're too grown to watch cartoons. You want to go outside and play kickball with the kids? Go outside and play kickball with the kids. Do things that make your childhood self happy and not just your adult self. It is okay to be a big kid. I'm not saying go be childish out here in the world because get your shit together. You've grown. But it is okay to feed your childhood self. It is okay to love her. It is okay for her to be happy. Her or him, y'all. I'm sorry. I keep saying her because me as a female, I'm a her. But it's okay for those things. And even so, while you're healing your childhood self, another activity that can help the bond with your family and childhood traumas, y'all can go and heal your childhood self together. Y'all can go do childhood things together. Hell, go hold hands and play fucking Ring Around the Roses in the, in the grass if y'all need to. Watch cartoons together. Do shadow work together. Uh, give each other affirmations. Like, feed into your childhood self. Because until you help heal, that part of you, you're not going to be able to move forward in your journey because she, gonna be st- she or he going to be still suffering. You cannot fully love your present self and love your future self until you learn to love your childhood self and you learn to give her or him the love that they needed and heal from the things that you've been holding on to and holding that as a, as a shadow all your life. Heal, y'all. We want a happy healing life okay i want nothing but the best for all of y'all remember i'm always here this is the longest podcast i've ever done i knew it was going to be this long because this is a touchy topic i love y'all and y'all got this i promise y'all y'all got it and no matter what the outcome is you did what you needed to do to heal now release that shit remember who the fuck you are and boss up and go about your business I love y'all and stay easy. And I didn't cry, you guys. My heart hurt a little bit, but I didn't cry. Um, But I love y'all. I love my listeners and I appreciate y'all. And y'all got this for sure. And remember, I'm always here. You guys have a great day. And I will be dropping another podcast episode within the next upcoming couple of days. So look forward for that. Look out for that. And run my shit up, y'all. Share, share, share. I'm trying to reach I'm trying to reach hearts across the world. I'm trying to heal the world. I know I can't heal the world, but me as a healer, I'm going to heal as many hearts and souls as I can. And if my story helps heal another person, 
then it's my story that I'm always tell. I got y'all for sure. And I appreciate y'all and I love y'all. And y'all stay easy.